Good morning. And the strong and perfect name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I invite you at his invitation to come to a season of worship, worshiping his great name, his attributes, the promises that he's given us, fulfilled even as he has called us, the body of Christ, to worship him today. Before we start, I'd like to give several announcements to update you on how to stay in touch with what we are doing as a church. First, just below the video screen, you will see on the page the scripture text that I'll be preaching from, as well as the lyrics to the songs that we will hear today. There's also a site for excellent content for our children, for that which they would be learning today if they were here at the church. I encourage all parents and grandparents to look at that content for it's outstanding. Along with that site, there is also uh, really helpful information about how to communicate to our children all that's happening in the world today, which is so very unique. A couple of other things that I want to inform you about is that if you are experiencing any pastoral need, any care that you need help with, please call our church offices at 214-224-2742 and speak with Wilma Morgan so that she can get in touch with one of our pastors. You can also email at 24-7prayer at pcpc.org. Also, if you have any physical need, or if you know someone that has a physical need, such as for groceries or to run errands or transportation, our deacons are eager to help. You can go to deaconshelp at pcpc.org to make your request and your need known. Also, to help us as a church stay connected during this time, our weekly Every Thought Captive devotion is now going to be sent out every day for those who subscribe to Every Thought Captive. If you are not one of the subscribers, you can do so at the bottom of this page. There is a link so that you can do that as well. Starting tomorrow, there will be new Every Thought Captives as well as ones that we're taking from the past, which are rich and deep in the gospel and will, I think, bring tremendous encouragement to you and also keep us connected in a profound way as we journey together. As we get ready to worship the Lord now, this is obviously a very unique situation. There are a few people here in the sanctuary, some who will be participating in the service. They're all praying as we want you to pray now. Remembering this, that even as we worship in this unique way, we are not an audience. We are worshipers, enabled by the powerful presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives and the victory of Jesus Christ to worship him in spirit and in truth. So with all that you see and hear today, let's ask the Lord indeed to enable us to worship him that way, to overwhelm us with his power and his presence, to ignite in our hearts a passion for him to extend his love to a world that is in deep, deep need of the gospel, just like us. Our call to worship is from Psalm 95. I'm going to read from verse 1 through verse 8. O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth, the heights of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God, and we are his people, the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you hear his voice, Do not harden your hearts. Let's pray. Father, as we come to worship you in homes and other places scattered all over the city, all over the country, and even all over the world, we pray for the church. We pray as many people sit watching the worship service that they would indeed worship you in spirit and truth. We ask that you, Holy Spirit, would reveal yourself to us in profound ways so that even this day we would leave unable to stop speaking about the things that we have seen and heard. We ask this to be done for your glory. We ask it in confidence of the one who has saved us, who has rescued us from all of our sins. 
That is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it is in his name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen. Thank you, Alicia. We're so deeply blessed by your presence this morning. As we go into a season of prayer, specific prayers of intercession, I have invited Elizabeth Robinson, Christy Gelbach, Danny Stimson, and David Newman to lead us in a time of prayer. As they lead us in prayer, I invite you to go ahead and bow before the Lord and pray along with us. We are interceding for one another and for the church at large and for the world all around us, again, that deeply needs to know the wonder of the gospel, the power of our risen Lord, the eternal hope that all who trust in Christ have is real. So listen now and pray along with us as we take these uh, intercessory prayers to our living God. Will you bow with me in prayer? 
Heavenly Father, we come before you to seek your face, to seek your strength during this time of need. And Lord, we ask that you would bring us into your throne room and that we would see you seated on that throne as the King of kings and Lord of lords. We praise you, Lord, and worship you today as the Almighty One who is all-sufficient and all-powerful and has all authority. And Lord, we ask that we would also see your Son, the Lamb of God, seated at your right hand, and he is ever interceding for us, even now as we are praying unto you. And Lord, we ask that you would pour out your Spirit into each one of us watching and praying right now. We thank you that you have sent your Spirit as a gift to us to be our helper, to lead us, to fill us, to strengthen us, to breathe courage in us. And so, Lord, we claim the promise of your word that your perfect love casts out all fear. And so, Lord, I pray where fear is seeking to grip hearts and minds today, that your love would overwhelm them and fill them. And, Lord, we thank you that your power is greater than any fear, any virus, anything that is seeking to steal our peace. And we ask that your supernatural peace would flow like rivers into every home, into our city, and into our country and our world today, Lord. May you dispel all the fears and would you release your peace throughout this world. And Lord, I pray that you would use us as your servants to bring compassion to those in need, to bring your compassion, your love, and your hope. Give us words of hope to speak to those, Lord, who are in darkness. And Lord, I ask that your spirit would use this time to bring a great awakening to all of us, that our hearts would be stirred, Lord, and that as we have these open spaces now before us, that we would press in more in prayer and worship and we would seek you. And Lord, that we would be saturated in your word, that we would use this time wisely. And Lord, I just ask that you would forgive us. Lord, these last few days have just convicted me of my pride and self-sufficiency and my love of comfort and pleasure. And so, Lord, I ask that you would just reveal yourself in deeper ways to each one of us, that you would cleanse us and that we would walk in newness before you, Lord, and before your face. Lord, I just declare with the psalmist what he prayed. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. You are my refuge. You are my place of safety. You are my God, and I trust in you. For you will rescue us from every trap and protect us from deadly disease. So now I ask, Lord, that we would live in the promises of that word, Lord. And to you who is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ask or imagine, according to the glory within each one of us, Lord, to you be the glory, Lord. And would you declare your glory throughout this world? May you be known in greater ways through this terrible pestilence that has come through this virus. And we ask now in the powerful name of Jesus that you would eradicate it and that you would protect every home watching this, Lord, from this virus. Send your angels, Lord, to camp around every home represented. To you be the glory and the honor and the praise in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Let's continue praying from Psalm 41. Blessed is the one who considers the poor. In the day of trouble, the Lord delivers him. The Lord protects him and keeps him alive. He is called blessed in the land. You do not give him up to the will of his enemies. The Lord sustains him on his sickbed. In his illness, you restore him to full health. Lord, we continue in prayer this morning asking for your courage and protection for those on the front lines of helping with this virus. Lord, whether they're in China, whether they're in Italy, or here in Dallas. Lord, for the doctors, the nurses, the technicians, hospital employees, 
those working uh, in lockdown nursing homes, assisted living facilities, family and friends of loved ones who are sick from this virus, first responders, firefighters, EMTs, caseworkers, social workers who are still working, going into homes, pastors and elders of churches going to visit the sick, the poor, the hurting. Lord, this virus has spread, and Lord, we are aware of it uh, moment by moment as we watch the news, Lord, but we know that you are greater. We know that you are bigger, and Lord, we ask that you would give us courage and give us faith. Lord, bring healing to our land and to the many lands around the world affected by this virus. Lord, we, we pray this truth of Psalm 41 over those helping those who are hurting because of this illness. Lord, I also pray for us as a body and the church at large here in Dallas. Lord, make us good neighbors. Lord, as this pandemic has spread, Lord, it's caused me at least to, to look at myself and to, to draw internally uh, into, a, into our home. And Lord, to some extent, this is right. It is good to respect the laws of our land, which is to go and to quarantine ourselves, Lord. But I pray that as we do that, we would not miss opportunities to love our neighbors, uh, to be near to them, Lord, to be courageous, fill us with faith, to be able to step out of our homes uh, and to, with wisdom and courage, uh, lend a helping hand, to be aware of those who are hurting around us, to not be scared, to not be terrified of what's going on, Lord, we know you're bigger than all of this. And Lord, we ask for faith and courage amidst it all. May we take advantage of this time uh, to pour into our families, but also to, Lord, to look to you, to lift our eyes towards heaven, to see you, and then to look out and to see those who are in need. Lord, we ask all of this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Lord, we thank you um, for the ways in which you work, and um, especially in this time when you're showing us um, so clearly that our only hope is in you, and that our help is in your name, and um, for you are the one who made heaven and earth. Father, um, we pray out of the depths of, um, from Psalm 130, out of the depths we cry to you, O Lord, O Lord, hear our voice. Let our ears be attentive to the pleas for mercy. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, that you may be feared. We wait for the Lord. Our soul waits, and in his word we hope. Our soul waits for the Lord, more than watchmen for the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful redemption. And he will redeem Israel and all of his from all of his iniquities. Father, you've also taught us that um, whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction. That through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. So God, you being the God of endurance and encouragement... Would you grant us to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together with one voice we may glorify you, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, and therefore welcome one another as Christ has welcomed us for the glory of God. And Lord, um, being our hope and um, our only source of hope, we pray that you would fill us with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of your Holy Spirit, we may abound in hope. We thank you, Father, for all these things, and praise your holy name. May you receive all glory and honor and praise. But now, thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, 
the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Lord, we thank you that you're our refuge and our strength and a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Lord, um, even as we consider the events of the current days, uh, we've moved our security from sand to the rock, Lord. Forgive us that we secure ourselves sometimes in insecure things. Pray, Holy Spirit, that you would, uh, by your power, uh, cause us to find our rest in you and our security and our hope in you. But even as we pray that, Lord, we remember that there are those who have no real foundation at all, who are anxious, who are even terrified by the events of these days, Lord. And even as we have been called to extend a building, Lord, thank you that you've also called us as a congregation to extend ourselves in mission to a lost and dying world. Lord, would you give us, uh, by your spirit, creative ways to do that during these times, Lord? Uh, Would you work in us both to will and to work for your good pleasure in and through your church, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And Father, as we continue to pray, indeed, we lift up our brothers and sisters all over the world. We pray for our missionaries that are in particularly hard-hit places. We lift them up to you. We pray for those who are planning for short-term mission teams to come, which have now been paused. We pray, Father, that the work of your Holy Spirit would do far more abundantly than that which we could even ask or imagine. God, we pray for those in our own body who are struggling today with illness other than the coronavirus. God, we ask that you would heal them and comfort them. For those who are mourning the loss of loved ones, we pray for them, and there are many. Father, we pray for those who experience loneliness regularly, and now with things essentially shutting down in many parts of our city, we pray that they would not feel isolated, but there would be believers coming alongside to encourage them with the hope of who we are in Christ. Lord, we're thankful for the power of prayer that as we lift these needs before you, as we cry to you in our distress, that you hear our prayers, that you listen, and that you are our great deliverer. So Father, as we come sitting in many different places now, we lift our voices together, praying the prayer that you taught our disciples to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And lead us not as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. God bless each of you. Thank you so much for being here this morning. The text that I'm going to uh, preach from this morning is Psalm 107. I'm going to preach from the last portion of this psalm, beginning at verse 23, reading through verse 32. I'm going to begin by reading the first three verses, then that section and close with one final verse. Psalm 107 is the first psalm in the fifth book of the Psalms. It is a powerful picture holding four stories of individuals who are in deep, deep need of the Lord. They come to the end of themselves in each story, and then they cry to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivers them from their distress. There is a chorus that runs through each of these stories, which is very powerful and so deeply encouraging for us today. Let's stand even at your homes for the reading of God's word. Psalm 107 beginning at verse 1 through verse 3, and then picking up again at verse 23. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Now to verse 23, the fourth story of this psalm. Some went down to the sea in ships, doing business on the great waters. They saw the deeds of the Lord, his wondrous works in the deep. 
For he commanded and raised the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea. They mounted up to heaven. They went down to the depths. Their courage melted away in their evil plight. They reeled and staggered like drunken men and were at their wit's end. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He made the storm be still, and the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad that the waters were quiet, and he brought them to their desired haven. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of men. Let them extol him in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. And now verse 43, the final verse in this psalm. Whoever is wise, let him attend to these things. Let them consider the steadfast love of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Father, we come to you thankful for your holy word that is God-breathed. It is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Every word is from you. We're thankful that your word is alive and active, that even now it's doing its work in us, making us more and more like Jesus as your Holy Spirit illuminates our hearts and minds to believe the truth. The Holy Spirit enables us to listen, and we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would do that even now. Your word does not go out void, Father, so we're grateful that wherever we are, as we hear it, you're doing your work in our lives. Do that very work now, that even this day, we would leave unable to stop speaking about that which we've seen and heard. This we pray to your glory, in Jesus' name, amen. When I was growing up in Bethany, Oklahoma, just outside of Oklahoma City, every night at 10 p.m., a very sober and authoritative voice would come on just before the late local news. And you would hear this every night. It's 10 o'clock. Do you know where your children are? This one night in the summer, around the time I was 10 years old, at 10 o'clock, I was at a friend's house, my very best friend. His name was Todd Alfonso. I lived at 8204 Northwest 38th. He lived at 8304 Northwest 38th. The distance between our homes with five homes in between was about 100 yards. That night, we'd been watching a scary movie, a movie in which aliens attacked the earth. It seemed very real, it seemed very possible, and it led us to real terror. As soon as the movie was over, we heard that voice. It's 10 o'clock. Do you know where your children are? Mr. Alfonso looked at me and said, Mark, it's time for you to go home. He opened the door. I stepped out on the porch. He shut the door and I didn't move. I stayed right there on the porch. I waited maybe a minute or two and then I knocked on the door and I said, Mr. Alfonso, I'm afraid to walk home. He said, okay, Todd, my best friend, walk Mark home. And so he did. We didn't walk, we ran. And as we got to my house, I opened the door, I ran inside and shut the door. And Todd stood on the porch. He waited a minute or two and then he knocked. My dad answered the door and said, Todd, you need to go home. He said, I'm afraid. He said, Mark, I want you to walk Todd home. And so I walked Todd home. We didn't walk, we ran. And then the same thing happened again. Todd and I ran back to my house. I and Todd ran back to his. Finally, his father knew what had to happen. He was going to have to walk the two of us to my house and then walk back with his very own son. When we're frightened, we aren't often very good comfort to one another. We don't have enough, to be honest with you, to give what we need in deep moments of trouble and fear. But we have a God who gives us everything. Right now, as we go through this very unique season, as a people, as a church, there is a lot of fear. People might not necessarily be afraid just of this virus, but of the consequences of the virus. You might not be afraid of getting sick, but you certainly might be afraid of what's happening to your investments, what's happening to your work, what's happening to your parents, what's happening all around the world. Fear is a reality that we live with this side of heaven, both as believers 
and unbelievers. And you can sense it all around us. Some believe that this is way overblown and some believe it's not. Some think it's going to get a lot worse. Some think it's really much ado about nothing. Well, the truth is, wherever you fall on that scale, you really don't know. None of us know. And there's lots of information coming to us that's encouraging us to listen to their voices. My email box is full of input from all sorts of people, from the company that made these glasses that I might see better, to Domino's assuring me that my pizza will still be delivered. CEOs from companies are speaking to this, as well as pastors and teachers and preachers and health officials. My inbox is full from you sending me many things that have been very helpful, and I'm grateful. But there is a lot that is coming at us. Who are you listening to? We are called as the people of God to listen for mostly to him. God, our Savior, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit can learn absolutely nothing about this virus. Nothing about how governments are going to respond to it. Nothing about how health officials are going to respond to it. Nothing about who will contact us and who won't. What's going to happen? He knows. Our living God is omnipotent, all-powerful, omniscient, all-knowing. He is omnipresent, everywhere present. And in him, as we listen, we can take great hope. So above all, dear friends, we must listen for the voice of God through his word and spirit. As I mentioned in my introduction, Psalm 107 is a powerful picture of four individuals who find themselves in deep trouble. Essentially, they come to the end of themselves And it's not until they do that they then cry out to the Lord in their trouble and he delivers them from from their distress. That's the first part of the chorus that's played in each after each of these stories. The fourth story, which I read, has to do with sailors on the sea. I think this is a profound picture because for centuries, the church has seen itself as a body of people in a boat. When you come back to our sanctuary, if you look around children at the stained glass, you're going to see images in our stained glass of ships because that's a powerful picture of the people of God who are in Christ, trusting him. Not long ago, I had an artist that came into our sanctuary, overwhelmed by the beauty of it. And she said to me, you know, if you flip the roof of the sanctuary upside down, it looks like the belly of a really big ship. I'd never thought of that before. The sanctuary that we enter It's designed to cause our eyes to be lifted up. And at this moment, our eyes need to be lifted up and our ears need to listen to the one who gives him great truth. So as we look at this Psalm, specifically beginning at verse 23, we see that there are a group of professional sailors who are doing what they have been trained to do. They knew what to do even in a storm because this was their livelihood. But what we're told is that this storm came upon them. Verse 25, he, God, commanded and raised the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves to the sea. Now here's the description of the storm. Verse 26, they mounted up to heaven and they went down to the depths. Their courage melted away in their evil plight. This ship that they were on was beginning to experience the, the swell that was coming. This ship was being lifted high in the air and low to the ground. Though these sailors knew what to do, they were now in a storm that they'd never been in before. They did what they knew to do, what they had always done, but this time it wasn't enough. The description that the psalmist has of these sailors, these professional sailors, is found in verse 27. They reeled and staggered like drunken men. If we were to see them on this ship, it was very clear that they had come to the end of themselves. They were, as the psalmist says, at their wits end. They had no more ideas, no more strength, no more resources. The psalmist says in verse 26, their courage melted away. Have you ever been in a storm like that? Have you ever been in a storm when the phone rings and you, you hear news And the news you hear causes your courage to melt away. 
Have you ever been in a storm where you look at the circumstances of your life and you find yourself in a place where your courage is melted away and you're at your wits end? That is a good place to be, brothers and sisters. Because when we come to the end of ourselves, we cry to the Lord, or we should, in this distress. And the promise is that the Lord hears our prayers. In each case, in this psalm, the four stories, the individuals cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. The Lord listens to their cry. He enters into that storm. He gives them himself, and he moves them to a desired haven. That's why this psalm has a second part of the chorus played after each of the stories. It goes this way. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. In this moment in our lives together, it's a storm. It is a storm that's going to affect all of us in various ways. But in each case, we need to ask the question, who am I listening to? Who are we listening to? And the one we must listen to is the almighty God. I want to move towards the Old Testament for a minute to a story that I know everyone here and everyone watching is familiar with. And that is the story of our Lord and Savior on a boat. And as he is on the boat, his friends, the 12 disciples, are themselves experiencing their own storm. And as they experience their storm, some of them have the livelihood of being on boats regular. They knew what to do. They knew what to do even in storms. But in this moment, their courage melted away. At this moment, they were at their wit's end. They had no more ideas. They had no more strength. They had no more resources except for one. And he was asleep. He was asleep on a cushion in the stern of the boat. And they moved towards Jesus in verse 39 of Mark 4. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? We might be tempted to ask that question if we're honest. We might be tempted to say before the living God, Do you care? My friends, that's when we lean into his word, the whole of it. And we remember that our God is good and he does good. They speak this question to Jesus. In verse 39, he wakes. And as he wakes, he rebukes the wind. And he says to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who, the, who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey? Well, the one that the wind and the sea obeys is the one who was the deliverer of those sailors in the Old Testament, that picture. The one who was asleep in the stern of that boat is our living Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, went through many storms on his life and his life on this earth. None greater than the night when he was in the garden asking his disciples to pray for him. He knew what was coming and he went to the Lord, his father. And he said, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will be done, but thy will be done. He was listening to his father as he cried out to him in distress. And as he listened to the father, he knew that it was the father's will to crush him. That's what it says in the Old Testament. That we who are his, his children, would have his life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, his return. That we would have him as our covering. That he would die on the cross. That we who trust in him might live forever. Jesus went all the way to what we deserve to have done to us after living the perfect life. Our Lord and Savior obeyed what his father commanded him to do that we might live forever. 
This same God is the one who we trust in today. The one that we cry out to in our distress, trusting that he has delivered us already from the greatest storm any of us could ever face. That is the judgment of the living God being not covered by our Lord and our Savior. I want you to think for a moment about the goodness of God. You see, when we remember the steadfast love of the Lord, when we remember that the living God has given us everything that we need, his power, his presence, and his peace, our eyes are fixed on him. Our eyes fixed on him bring us a peace that enables us to live through all sorts of trials. It doesn't mean we won't experience real fear. It's normal. But what we do with those fears is different than what the world does. We bring our fears to the living God and we ask the living God to overwhelm us with his presence. The temptation is to not listen to God, but listen to a lot of other voices, including our own. And when we do that, we are tempted to close our eyes and to close our ears. And when that happens, our minds go crazy. And so in this moment, we ask God to overwhelm us with his presence, his power, and his voice, remembering what he has done that we might live forever. Remember what Paul said about the gift of Christ to us. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Friend, our living God has been given to us. The father demonstrated his own love to us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This side of heaven, between now and the moment he returns or calls us home, we are going to go through many storms, some big, some small, some easier to comprehend than others. But in each case, for all who are, in, who are in Christ, we have the confidence that he is leading us, that he is with us, that he will never forsake us. He can't because he has made that promise. He knows where you are. You are his children. He has promised to take hold of us and to never let us go. In these moments, whether you're living in fear or you're encouraging someone that's living in fear, bring those fears into the light, into Christ, and sense his compassion for you and his love for you, and trust him. Preach this gospel to yourself today and every day, and may the powerful truth of what we believe in Christ because of the work of the Holy Spirit living in us enable us to extend this hope way beyond the walls of this church to the whole world that they might see this eternal worthy trust that we have. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Do not harden your heart. Father in heaven, we thank you even today for the technology that we have to sit in places all over this world and hear your word proclaimed, to hear prayers given, to hear beautiful music sung, that our hearts might be deeply encouraged. And Father, as we listen to Alicia now sing this closing piece, let us remember what's most important is not the one singing, but the truth of the words that are coming. Let us think deeply of what these words mean for our souls. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see. And let the world take note that we who are in Christ respond with such confidence, not because we are smarter and understand the context of these circumstances far greater, but that we simply have placed our trust in the omnipotent, omniscient, 
omnipresent and omni-loving God, remind us of your steadfast, unfailing love for your glory's sake. And by your grace, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
after the benediction, I encourage you to just stay tuned a little bit longer and listen to the beautiful piece that Stephen Nielsen will play as our postlude. Now lift your eyes towards heaven to receive the Lord's benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Thanks be to God. Amen.